Welcome to freescripturebooks.org, The Knowledge God. My name is Jeff. We're doing word studies. We're doing one on judgment. We just got done with uh, eternal judgment, which is an elementary teaching. We got done with the books that God judges with us. And now we're getting into some more judgments that are not uh, elementary. It means they're a little harder to understand. And uh, But let's just keep on going. So this is a judgment for believers. Our judgment seat of Christ, as many of you have known. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 to 11. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest to God, and I hope that we are made manifest also in your conscience, consciences. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 and 11. Now this judgment for believers is not a judgment on our destiny because our destiny has to be made before we die. It's once given man to die, then uh, our, uh, then face judgment. If we receive Jesus as our Lord and as our Lord before uh, we die, then we're going to be in heaven. And if we do not, if we deny Christ, then I deny uh, Jesus before men and deny Jesus in our actions continuously. Then. We will not make heaven, but we'll go to an everlasting devil's hell. But this particular judgment seat of Christ has to do with what we've done in our body, whether good and bad, and is based on receiving rewards or loss of rewards, and not on for going to heaven and hell. We've already passed that. Jesus came to pay for our sins, and now he's coming to take forth his, his inheritance, which we are part of, and he's going to reward us on how we served him and how well we served him, or less we served him, uh, while here on earth in the natural, serving him with persecutions and rejections and isolations and everything else. So we're given rewards, and a lot of people would say, well, I don't care about the rewards as long as I just make it. And that, that's kind of foolish here to say that kind of stuff, because you don't know, one, you don't know how much you're missing out. Plus, if you shoot low, how you know you're going to make it? If you, you might shoot too low, shoot under the line. We call short, fall short of the glory of God. And if your eyes are not on Jesus, you know, continuously, then you're going to fall short and you really end up could get to the point where you're denying Christ in your life every day and walk away from him. But if you're going to walk on the fence, you never know which side the wind's going to blow and which side you're going to find yourself on. So you want to be on the side where Jesus is on. He's not on our side, but we need to be on his side. So a quick test. Do you fear God? Do you fear God? Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, and talking about this judgment, therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made but we are made manifest to God. We persuade men. So are you persuading men? I mean, this is talking about the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, persuading men, fearing God, persuading men that they walk in holiness, that they walk according to, to, God, to, to the righteousness of God, that we walk with Him hand in hand, and we commune with Him, and we do what He tells us to do. Because Jesus is our judge. But, you know, but but never, nevertheless, do we also have fear of God to lead people to Christ? Do we have fear of God enough to over the, to cast out the fear of man? Enough to tell people that they need to make a, a decision before they die on who and where they want to go, who they want to be with. And beyond that, to live a holy life. Do we have the fear of God to tell people to live a holy life? Or we're we just going to continue to tell people, you know, well, you'll get to heaven. You just won't get God's best. Well, that always caters the flesh. Anytime something caters the flesh, the flesh is going to go to grab, grab, grab hold of on it. We don't need to cater the flesh because the flesh is going to is going to take enough as it is. So we need to encourage one another to walk in the fear of the Lord and do as Jesus requires us to, calls us to, and only if we're in relationship with Him will we know. So let's go to part two. 
our uh, section two, Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter three, verses one through uh, 15. This is a long one, 15 scriptures here, so let's get on to it. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as a spiritual man, but as men of flesh, as to infants in Christ. I give you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not able to receive it. Indeed, even now you're not able. For you are still fleshly, for since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly? Are you not walking like mere men? For when one says, I am Paul, and another says, I am Apollos, are you not mere men? What there then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants, uh, servants through whom who believed, as the Lord gave opportunity to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God was the one cause of the growth. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God who causes the growth. Now he who plants is he who who waters are one, but each one re will receive, each one will receive his reward according to his own labor. Let's stop there for a second. So it doesn't matter which denomination you go to or which person you follow or, 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 or you know, one is doing greater works, you know, according to you or, or your definition of one, but each one will receive his reward. We can't, we can't give the increase. If God calls you to water, then we need to water. If God calls you to sow seed, then God calls you to sow seed. But we need to do, we can't just be, you know, but sister so-and-so down there or brother so-and-so uh, down there is doing, we got to be in the field and, and sow in water where God tells us to sow in water and not try to be somebody else because we're going to receive reward according to our own labor, not somebody else's. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me, like a wise master building, I laid a foundation and another is building on it. So a foundation is very important. But each man must be careful how he builds on it so it's talking about careful how he builds on it, not how much you build. A lot of Christians are trying to build a whole lot of stuff to get a whole lot of works. And he's, and he's telling us to be careful, which means you're going to go a little slow. If you're going to be careful, it means you're going to be get a slow and you're probably not going to get all accomplished as you want to. Um, we, but it tells us to be careful how he builds on it. For no man can lay a foundation of the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man builds on the foundation of gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each man's work will become evident for the day will show it because it is revealed with fire and fire itself will test the quality of man's work. If any man's work, which he has built on it remains, who will receive reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved yet so as through fire. So this is part of the judgment seat of Christ. All those who are believers, all those who go with him, will be judged on what we do, works we do for the Lord, or if we don't do any works for the Lord. So the first thing we need to do is the works we do for the Lord are the works to the glory of God or selfish ambition. Are we building up our own kingdom? Are we trying to just trying to live our own life the best we can? Or are we put, uh, seeking first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to us? Are we first giving ourselves to the kingdom of God? Are we first giving ourselves to our neighbor? Are we first trying to you know live, live holy, live circumspectly for God so we can build on this foundation of Jesus Christ? With, you know that won't be burned up that won't be taken down so we want to do whatever we do we want to do it for the glory of God and quit doing things for our own self ambition self ambition or preservation we're always trying to preserve ourselves we're always trying to feed ourselves and because we got God I got to take care of this God I got to do this I got to do this then I'll do this then I'll serve you Lord after I do this I'll go on that mission trip when I need to do this Lord I'll, I'll give the gospel when I'm living holier or when I'm better or when I'm not making mistakes no whatever you need to do we need to do for the glory of God and do it now rather than selfish ambition love about strings are we loving about strings or do we have strings attached 
Um, when we, when Scripture tells us to love God of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love our neighbor as ourselves, even tells us to love our uh, love our enemies. You know, if our enemy is hungry, give him something to eat. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. Love our brothers and sisters. When they're in prison, visit them. When they're sick, visit them. But does our love come with strings? You know, have you ever felt maybe you're given at church, being an usher, being a greeter, or being whatever? Have you ever felt like your job's just not worth it? The people just aren't recognizing you. The people are not being thankful. Have you ever given something somebody didn't even give you thankful? Well, even that is love without strings. People need to be have gratitude. People need to be thankful. It's a very holy, righteous thing to do. But if we're demanding people recognize us for whatever we do, then we have strings to it. Even a thank you. You know, if I'm going to correct somebody and tell them they need to be thankful, it's probably going to be, you know, somebody I'm an authority over or, or my, you know, um, family or friends or, you know, a nephew or niece to tell them that they need to be thankful. But if I'm trying to get a thankful, that's, that can be an awful high price to, to pay, you know, to do something great. And, and the only thing you require is a thanks. Well, that's your that's your that's your reward. We need to be doing something because we love God. If, if there's if there's reward or not, you know, from that person or from that group or from whatever we're doing, we do it do it because we love God so much. I mean, look at Jeremiah. How many people did he minister to, and how many people did he save? Not many. Daniel. I mean, he sought the Lord on, on restoring Jerusalem. He saw it happen, and then he saw a greater destruction. How about Noah? Preached 120 years, and nobody, you know, came. You know, so so. Are we going to do something because the Lord says do it, it brings glory to Him? Or are we going to do it only because we get a benefit or a, a quick benefit or reward now? We need to do it love without strings. God's will or my will? You know, we find out what God, you know, God, I, I don't want your will because maybe you're going to send me over to Africa and be, and I don't want to do that. God, I don't want to be a pastor. God, I don't want to, or I want to be a pastor. I don't want to, you know, be an engineer and a deacon on the weekends or something or whatever we need to find out what god's will not our own will well, god i'll do your will after i do this i mean i went through that i wanted to do god's will but i didn't understand that i had to give up my will many times you know jesus prayed in the garden says not my will father but your will be done and the only times we pray that is when we're pretty sure that our will is going to be done <laughs> we you know we rarely go and says god i don't want to do this but if you want me to do it i'll do it god i have my plan i like my plan better than yours but nevertheless if it's your plan then i'm i then I don't like my plan anymore and I'm going to follow your plan. But how often do we do that? We need to do that if we want our works. We want to be rewarded on the day of judgment before Jesus Christ, the day of the Lord. And if we do find God's will, is it God's way or my way? Many times we want to do it our way. Okay, God, I'll do, your, I'll do what your will is, but let me do it my way. I like to think of uh, uh, Paul. Paul was was uh, told that he was going to um, bring the gospel to Caesar. Well, Paul was a Roman citizen, so why didn't he just go to, to Rome and, and petition Caesar to give him the gospel? But instead, that wasn't God's way of doing things. God's way of doing things was lead them, you know, to, to build up churches and lead them, you know, uh, to be persecuted and lead them to, to write books while he's being persecuted or write letters to be persecuted. And then finally, you see that Paul was finally got before Caesar and the whole household of Caesar got saved. We don't know. Looking through history, it looks like Caesar himself didn't get saved, but the whole household of Caesar. And so would that have happened if, if Paul would have just went in his own way um, and petitioned uh, Caesar through the Roman government? No. So God's way is going to always lead. When God led Israel out of Egypt, he didn't lead them straight into, you know, into the enemy because they weren't ready for war. He led them a different direction. He led them the long way. And so and we want things immediately. We want things quick. 
And so many times God's going to lead us the long way because we have to be prepared. We have to be ready. You know, when God calls you to do something, it's not because you're qualified, but it's because he has called you. And now he's now he'll start the process of qualifying you. Many are called, but few are chosen because many are called end up going out there before they're chosen, before they're ready and mess up. And, you know, Moses did the same thing. Moses was known he's called to a ruler and deliver his people, but he ended up murdering somebody. So he knew God's will. He just did it his way. And he ended up, you know, back in the desert for 40 years. And we often do that. So not only do we need to know God's will, but we need to know his way if we're going to be rewarded properly on the day of judgment before Jesus. God's timing or my timing. That's another thing. I mean, when I first got saved, if God said it once, then he better not say it again because I was out trying to do it. I had no idea that many times God would say something. I had no idea that I had to be qualified. I had no idea that God had to do a work on me. So I thought it was now or never. And so many things I tried to accomplish and completely failed because it wasn't God's time. God sows a seed and that seed has to come up and grow and mature before he can do anything with it. He may give you a mustard seed, but you got to plant that mustard seed before you can do anything with it. But there are people that don't want to go. They, they keep hemming and hauling and dragging their feet. This is what Cain did. It says that Abel brought a better sacrifice than Cain because Abel brought the first fruits immediately, but Cain brought it in his own time. So, so if we're saying, God... I'm going to do what you tell me to do. Um, just give me some time to get it done. Just wait. And then the year goes by, another year goes by, a decade goes by. You have to get married. I remember when God called me to, you know, to ministry and I said, well, God, I need to do this. I need money for this. And I said, well, how long is that going to take you to do that? And I said, this many months, And but I need this. How many this months? And by the time I got to two years, I realized what I was doing wrong. I realized I was putting my timing ahead of God's timing, that, no, that there wasn't an end to my timing, no matter you know, once I got what I thought I needed, there's going to be a whole other things that I needed. And, and I would never fulfill God's will in, in, in God's timing. So God's timing, we need to know when to stay and when to stay, when to go, when to go. When I first got saved, I remember heard this, this saying that a dog's not trained when he's, you know, when he fetches, a dog is trained when he sits. Well, me, I had to be trained to sit because, like I said earlier, that I was ready to go. I mean, I was a runner. Let's, let's go. Let's do this thing. But I had to learn to sit while other people have to learn to fetch because they're going, they're, they're sitting and 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 they never get up to do God's will. So, you know, we all have our problems. We need to do it God's will, God's way, and in God's timing if we want to be properly rewarded on the judgment seat of Christ in that day. So, this went a little bit longer. So, I guess this one's also going to be a, at least a two-part series because we're at the end of 15 minutes. I want to keep it about 15 minutes uh so let's uh free scripture books dot org be blessed